Moon Podcast Escalation! Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we sit down with a friend each and every week and watch an episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and talk about just why it is that we love it so much. And, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, (laughs) oh boy. Today, we're going to be watching episode 100. And 24 of Sailor Moon S, which is called The Coming Terror of Darkness, Struggle of the Eight Guardians. And you know what my favorite thing is in Sailor Moon? What? It's it's like Queen Metallia. <laughs> it's like it's like when you think you know who the bad guy is, and then like right at the end somebody else shows up and they're like, hey, what's up? Awesome, dude, you don't know, but I want to kill you. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of one of their signature moves. It really is. Uh, and you know, spoiler warning, that's what happens today. <gasps> but to help us talk about that, we have a, a wonderful guest back with us from last week's episode. Uh, Lindsay Ariel, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here on this episode filled of sunshine and daisies. Oh, it's it's a very good time. It's Everyone's going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's a terrifying episode. Oh, it's like... I'll say this right up front. Usually we do this at the end of the show. This episode rules. It's like really good, but it's like fucking terrifying. I, 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 yeah, I I have notes that if you just read them, it's like, were you watching a horror film? Yeah. I mean, jump. uh, People who have never watched Sailor Moon and are new listeners to this, watch episode one of Sailor Moon and then watch this and then go, what the fuck happened? (laughs) Jordan, last week you yelled at me so much for suggesting that, that there was someone, a new listener. Yeah, that there was I, that's a new the listener. joke. I was only kidding. Go Ugh. back and watch, listen to every episode of this podcast if you're a new listener. Oh God, yeah, and you will get so tired, so well, you very will, tired. You'll have a wonderful time. That's why people love our podcast because every episode is wonderful. That is true. Uh, well, Lindsay, we talked to you last week about your history with Sailor Moon, but it's actually been it's actually been about a week since we recorded last. Uh, Lindsay, do you have any Sailor Moon developments in your life of late? Actually, yeah. This year I got my like first real pieces of Sailor Moon merchandise. You know, I've had like a poster or two, but nothing like really from the from the show. So I got uh, from my twin. He gave me the uh tuxedo mask action figure and he he sits on my uh, coffee table in a very dynamic running pose with a flower which usually encourages me to get off the couch and actually do something in in your life instead of watch tv and um for my birthday you you know how in uh, s at the end uh, during the ending credits they have that little music box mm-hmm. um playing tuxedo uh, mirage well they they released a uh a uh, an actual music box that plays that the they made a replica and uh, all my friends pitched in and bought that for me. Oh, yeah, that's really sweet. That's awesome. 
it's really great. It, it was like the first thing I was like, oh my God, guys, I really, really want this. And my friend Kitty organized it and it actually made me cry when I found out it was coming. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. And it plays not just like the regular version of Tuxedo Mirage, but a music box version. And it has the, um, the sepia-toned uh, Princess Serenity and Prince Endemion on top. Oh, yeah. Send pictures. Oh, yeah. I, I shall. Um, it's really, really cool. I, I love it. I have some uh, Sailor Moon related business, too. Okay. Developments in my life. So two days ago, we had our baby shower. And uh, as you all remember, we're having a little boy named Darian. I love mm-hmm. it. And uh, there was a Sailor Moon stuff. Uh, our, our best friend, Lynn, uh, did the party for us. And she had a bunch of Sailor Moon themed things at the party. She They got us a, a little tuxedo mask bo- uh, Funko Pop. Oh. There was all Sailor Moon uh, party hats. There were little Sailor Scout cupcake toppers because it, it wasn't just sailor moon it was a bunch of space themed things so there was sailor moon there was star wars there was star trek there was guardians of the galaxy and there was doctor who so there were cupcakes of all the different kinds and the sailor moon cupcakes were birthday cake uh cupcakes you know like with birthday cake flavor and like colors and uh, little sailor scout cake toppers which was pretty adorable and awesome oh my gosh that sounds the best yeah, I want, yeah. I want, I want that party. <laughs> After the party, uh, when everybody went home, we we watched the Sailor Moon R movie, which was every bit as good as I remembered it being. From when we watched it, like, three months ago. Yeah, it was great. It, we weren't wrong. It was amazing. It's so good. Now, here's here's the thing. I was I, So I bought the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray is fucking phenomenal. It really is. I got it. I actually have it, yeah. It is yeah. crystal clear, so beautiful animation yeah. is it a crystal clear destiny um, it is it is but i also we also watched it we watched it with the english the new english dub for the first time first uh thing i've ever watched uh in that dub now here's what i have to say about the new dub cast mm-hmm. they're all very talented and individually i have no problems with them individually other than that luna doesn't have a british accent individually i have no no uh no issues with them Taken as a group, I kind of do, in that they kind of all sounded the same to me. Makoto's voice was a little bit deeper, but other than that, they I, like I couldn't tell who was talking. I think I think you're yeah. wrong on that one. Well, I think like sometimes when yeah. you first listen to something, you you know everyone you can't really distinguish. But if you keep watching um, or keep listening, like you know people have said that you know they had a hard time telling you two apart. Even though that's true, you know, it's like the more you listen to something, the more like the more you notice traits about each voice. Yeah. Allison couldn't remember which of us was which, even when she was recording, which is hilarious. (laughs) Yes. Um, And then also and I felt the same way about Fiore and uh, and Darian. Well, (laughs) I should say uh, Mamoru. I I was like, yeah, if if I'm not looking, I don't know who's speaking. Now, you're right. Uh, If I watched a bunch of episodes of it, I'm sure I would have been able to tell them apart but i don't know i feel like it's it's a movie you, you watch it and you ideally want to be able to tell everybody apart right away i i think that's that that's tough but i i definitely feel like minako and makoto have the most distinct voices in the new english dub but again like it's been a while like i don't have the second uh half right. of s yet so i haven't been watching these episodes to tell you 
But like, I, I do think that's a, a thing of you just not having watched Sailor Moon with those voices. And so not only is it a thing where they're voices that you're experiencing for the first time, you're experiencing them for the first time while comparing them mentally to an entirely different set of know, two casts that I you know, have but, in your head. But come on, come on. I Don't you feel like the Deke people went like way out of their way to be like, all right, this girl is going to be to- like Amy's going to be like so meek and like soft voiced and Makoto's going to have like this gruff voice that it has like a lot of phlegm in it <laughs> and, and and like Ray's going to be sassy. Phlegm? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> That's a not a best way to describe Lita's voice. Well, I was going to I was going to say an yeah. old grandma voice, but I was like oh, it's like no. a tough like a tough grandma. It, it it's gravelly. I would yes, say it's yes. gravelly. Yeah, okay. But yes, so they, they did have very charactery voices. You know, everyone was very distinctive in, you know, whether you liked it or not. And I, for me, I like, I will always kind of cherish the deep dub because it just, it meant so much to me that I, I still hear their voices in my head if I'm like recalling yeah. episodes. Absolutely. And, you know, I think probably with uh, the new, it's Viz, right? Yes, Viz does the new dub. Yeah, you know, they're trying to adhere more to the spirit of each, you know, original kind of voice. And for the most part, I mean, you you know, the, the Japanese voices, they are, you know, dynamic and distinctive. But it, when you're first listening to it, sometimes you really have it. You do have a hard time, you know, being like, wait, who's talking? Oh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I can't. I can't most of the time tell the Japanese voices apart because I don't understand what they're saying. So <laughs> I don't really know who is who. I just I'm watching. I can I can tell Rini. Sure. Yes. Sure. <laughs> and I can tell Usagi. And 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 Memoru. I can usually can't get who's Memoru. I can't imagine uh, Usagi's vo- uh, Japanese voice in my head, but I feel like I must be able to tell it if, if I'm hearing it. Oh. Uh, that's very surprising that you can't imagine it because it's it's it is exactly Usagi's voice is the thing. Like, there's a reason they brought her back for Crystal. It's the same person. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same. The oh, same voice actress is in the '92 version and in Crystal. Awesome. She came back. It's like Frank Welker, uh, keeping the <laughs> that uh, Fred. Yeah, keeping Fred, keeping that job. Yeah, I I may you know have a controversial opinion, but I'm not sure if I wanted. Um, oh gosh, I forget the original voice actress uh, for Usagi. Uh, her name. I kind of actually wish that she would have come back and done Luna instead of uh, Sailor Moon. That that would have been that would have been pretty cool. I think. Yeah, I still wanted her, but I don't know. For me, I can tell that she's a bit older and she's trying to sound younger. Not that. She didn't do a great job acting, but I, I think I would have preferred her to come back, but like in a different role. So she was there, but, you know, a, a new a new voice actress, a new Seo came to kind of make the role her own. All right. Well, uh, now that we've gotten that out of the way, I, I guess I do have one piece of business since you both What's did. that? I guess I have one thing to talk about. I've just, I've, I've uploaded another set of sounds to the Jordan soundboard. They're completely different this time. <laughs> Scared. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Chuggalog Charm. <laughs> nice. I have these very Got good, these very good joint yeah. sounds. So I'm probably going to be peppering those in to the uh, to the oh, recording. Of you will. Are you are you ashamed of me, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Yes. 
I just, it's not, Jordan, I don't know how you feel about the soundboard, but I do want you to feel threatened. Oh, goodness. <laughs> like, very definitely. Wow. Threatened. Like, like, may, like, maybe, maybe, like, you could, like, any day now, you could just catch an episode showing up on your phone. I, like, I, well, I don't subscribe to our feed. I, um... <laughs> I upload the files. Yeah, you. In fact, in fact, now that I've said that, you literally could not upload an episode because I am the one who uploads the episodes. Yeah, but like, if I asked you to, you probably do it, right? <laughs> oh. Or I'm sure Jake or Allie can help out. No, they don't have access to the website, so they uh... couldn't actually do it. Allie can just put them on the the sailor the sailor or the Xena business oh, feed. Perfect. <laughs> that's that's right, Jordan. We're all turned against you. Uh... Sorry, I'm not actually trying to turn against you, Jordan. I just have a devious <laughs> mind. All right, so let's let's just let's go ahead and do this. Let's get into this episode. Okay. Jolly happy episode. Uh, I don't know if anybody <laughs> heard it, but that was the third time I tried to play the right sound. Third time's nice. a charm. Um, it's this Jordan soundboard that's, yeah. that's fucking yeah, me up. It is. You, I'm you... gonna marry Memoro. <laughs> You might want to you might want to get rid of it because it's just getting in the way. Nope. <laughs> I was gonna get ice cream and you ruined it. <laughs> when the hell did I say things? <laughs> this is so no crazy. Idea. So anyway, we are watching uh, episode one hundred and twenty-four of Sailor Moon S: The Coming Terror of Darkness, Struggle of the Eight Guardians. Uh, it was uh, written by Yojo Inokido right. and directed by Takuya Igarashi. Originally aired on February 4th, 1995. That's my mom's birthday. Now don't look any further down. I may have seen you it. You fucking I may have accidentally turd. seen it just now. I thought I scrolled past it. God damn you. I thought I scrolled past it. That's very aggressive. Lord. It's, I've got plenty of those. Don't worry. <laughs> Well, so you already saw the name of this ridiculously named episode. I saw it, and it is ridiculous. It makes no sense to me. I would never would have guessed that. No, you Lindsay, do you want to take a shot at guessing? Do you oh, know what no, it is? I already looked. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. That's okay. You were allowed to look. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's a really bad episode title, guys. The title, everyone, for listeners at home, is Who's Really Who? It doesn't even make sense. I get where they're coming from with this one, because there's a whole thing of like, wait a second, that's not Sailor Pluto or Sailor Saturn. <laughs> get your sailors right. We already, well, that reveal already happened. Yeah. But there's a couple more mean, reveals, to be fair. Yeah, there's a, there's so much more they could title this episode, because I assume that, like, do the do the villains that show up here, like Mistress Nine, do, like, do they have the, are they named like Mistress Nine in Cloverway Dub? I believe so. I believe they kept everyone's real names. Um, I'm I'm looking. I'm not a hundred percent sure because I I didn't watch it. <gasps> Jordan. Yeah, I know. You had a week. Yeah, yeah. You and you had a long time to get your dub as well. <laughs> oh, no. Are you Are you ashamed of me, Chris? <laughs> yes, I am, Jordan. <laughs> That's not what I said. Yes, I am. Uh, um I was gonna get ice cream and you ruined it. <laughs> oh, that again. Great. Great. Um, the answer is probably because it doesn't seem to suggest otherwise uh, on her yeah. uh, page. So Mistress Nine is probably Mistress Nine, as is probably Pharaoh Ninety. 
Yeah, so like they could have been like they could have just called this episode Pharaoh Ninety, and everybody would have been like, well, "What?" I mean, it's not like he really appears. It could be like the coming darkness or something. I think we should call this episode "Who's Zooming Who." <laughs> what? It's a it's the song. It's a song from the eighties. It's an Aretha Franklin Franklin song. Who's okay. Zooming Who? Yeah, and I don't understand exactly what Zooming is, but whatever. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to our later era Aretha Franklin podcast. (laughs) Hey, the 80s had wonderful music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is true. So speaking of Pharaoh 90 and who he is, let's we at least get that right the fuck up front in this episode. I can't say that word. (laughs) Nope. Words are not coming from my mouth today. Expositing. Expositing. Far, uh, Professor Tomoe is expositing up the wazoo. Yes. He is He is giving a lecture in the class called Plot 101. Yes. <laughs> All that remains is for Mistress Nine. Mistress Nine? Yes. To, who is also the Messiah of Silence. Who is also the Messiah of Silence. That's very key. Who is... And I mean, like, I said this last time. Who is uh, Sailor Saturn's Dark Lady? Yes. yes. Like for all intents and purposes, well, I know that she's not a little different, but she right. kind yeah, of she is. kind of is. Yeah. She isn't in that she isn't Hotaru. She's a thing that was possessing Hotaru, but close, close. But it, now here's my question: I don't remember this from last episode or not. Is is Mistress Nine physically now separated from Hotaru, or is that a That's Hotaru's body? body? Yeah, she she is okay. basically overtaken uh, Hotaru's body, and 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 she grew it. She grew her body somehow. So in the style of Wicked Lady, she gave she gave Hotaru a a grown up body. Except I don't think that's Hotaru grown up. I think that's a, like a totally different. I don't think that's Hotaru grown up yeah. either. But it's certainly a grown up body that has been grown from Hotaru. Yeah. This is the fucking weirdest, like finest hair splitting we have ever done on this show. Actually, it's funny because you you comparing you know Mistress Nine to being Chibiusa's Wicked Lady. It reminds me I I saw a comic once and it had. Uh, Alice in Wonderland sitting next to Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, and one of them saying to the other, "Dude, I've seen some weird shit." And this this kind of makes me think. It's like, oh yeah, I wonder if later, you know, you'll see like Hataro and Shibuya being like, "Hey, that was weird when you know we turned all evil for that time." No, no, no. Let's <laughs> actually have a Mistress Nine D- Wicked Lady team up. <laughs> Oh, no. Let's have them be like the Harley and Ivy of standing. I, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and type that into into Google here. Mistress Nine, Dark Lady. Let's see what comes up. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, there's some. Are oh, there's some cosplay. There's some very good cosplay of the two of them. Okay. Uh, and some some fan art. So, all that remains is for Mistress of Silence, aka I'm sorry, Mistress Nine, aka Messiah of Silence, <laughs> to take the Holy Grail. Put it on this one device, and that will allow the dark light to shine on the Tau Satar system, which apparently would be a good thing. If you're evil? If you're evil. <laughs> um, that light is needed, you see, to guide their illustrious leader. What? Who? Pharaoh 90, the energy life form from an alternate dimension here to our universe. He's the Queen Metallia of this season. I don't know how this could be any more simple. <laughs> so apparently what we are learning is back when um, Tomoe and his daughter were there for that experiment that blew up, mm-hmm. 
that was, I guess, Pharaoh 90 getting in touch with them or sending some diamonds over yeah. there. Yeah, he, he was sending his first diamonds to basically start working on opening this portal. Right. So Mistress 9 is a diamond? She's an entity, I think. Uh, I don't think she's a diamond. I think you would, you know, she's an entity from the Tau star system, just like Pharaoh 90 is his own entity. Okay. So anyway, once he appears, uh, everything's going to get destroyed. They'll bring about the silence. Yeah. Silence uh, according, according to Tomoe, and I don't know if this is a translation thing or if this is what he's actually saying at this point. A dark age ruled by true darkness will begin. <laughs> that's like that's like poetry a 14-year-old would write. And he wears all white. So that's weird. He should be wearing all black when he says that. Oh no, that's why it's so cool. It's it's so much it's so much more awesome when your, you know, villains are like dressed head to toe in white. You know, white hair, white jacket, you know, white shoes. Because, you know, but they're, they're, you know, it's going against the trope that, you know, good people only wear light colors. He also always stands in darkness. In shadow. Yeah. Not now. Not right now. Right now we're getting a good look at his face and his stupid glasses. I love his glasses. <laughs> they're, yes, but they're very stupid. And we have to agree on that. No! <laughs> um, also... Let's a uh, quick reminder for those of you who have forgotten what happened uh-huh. last episode. Chibiusa's has been attached to Darian's life force, or rather Memotron's yep. life force. Uh, she does not have a heart anymore. This is like if the actor who played <laughs> Mamoru like was in a contract dispute, and they were like, "Okay, well, your your characters, we're just going to take like two minutes of footage of your character sitting there in silence." Holding on to Chibiusa's hand, and that's that's you in this episode. Have fun, buddy. Also, the actress playing Chibiusa like can only be in certain number of episodes on set so much because she has to get tutored. All these things, right? So. Right. Somebody actually uh, tweeted us uh, about this with the idea that pure hearts aren't like pure as in noble and pure oh. in morality, but that they are hearts that are unadulterated and unencumbered by being within a human. Which I kind of like that idea, but they also do talk about who has the purest hearts they, in terms true. of morality. That's true. But that's I like true. the idea that they're pulling out like this is what a heart is if it's if it's not like tainted by your frail human form. Like this isn't this isn't the organ that's in your chest. This is the idea of a heart. I actually really like that. That's very Grant Morrison shit. I think I think realistically, uh, you know, speaking of the Sailor Moon twenty seventeen realistically, reboot, no, I'm, but I'm saying speaking of the Sailor Moon twenty seventeen reboot, if you make Sailor Moon as an American show and you do this plot, you're probably just going to say they're taking out their souls. Oh yeah, yeah, totally, pretty much. It's easy for an American audience to understand that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it could go with the um, you know the idea you know virgin blood, which you know virgin blood is not actually meant to denote virginity but blood that has not been used in like some oh. other some other like ritual so it's like unadulterated blood hey Lindsay. <laughs> yes hey hey Lindsay. um quick 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 uh just observation that is a wild thing for a person to know off the top of their head <laughs> i i read it actually recently i was like kind of 
feel like I, I saw like a, you know, strange but true facts kind of thing. <laughs> I just rewatched um, What We Do in the Shadows. Have you seen that? Oh, my God. Yes. I just saw that the other day. <laughs> With- so good oh my god where they have the line about about virgin's blood there if you're gonna have a sandwich you prefer someone not fuck it <laughs> okay so back to what we were saying um Memoru is is hooked up as a as Life a source uh, yes he is her incubator or whatever you want to call it he's her he's her uh, uh, air breathing machine he's pumping blood into her and uh so he's just literally sitting on his bed with her draped over his lap and are, is holding her, and she's glowing because that's a thing now that he can do is glow well, someone to life. Well, it has to show his, you know, the, the power is, you know, emitting to both of them, or else, you know, we would forget. I, I know. It's just, again, <laughs> much like, guess what, guys? Spoiler the Sailor Scouts are about to show a new power later this episode. They they just start throwing in another one for 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 Mamoru as well. They're just going, well, yeah, uh, he can uh, keep you alive. <laughs> it's a power that he had in the manga that they kind of just forgot about until it became <laughs> really really necessary, and they were like, oh oh shit, oh yeah, this is a thing, guys. Remember, we all read the manga. We all knew this was a thing. <laughs> so yeah, from there though, oh, we could scene. This shit is this shit rules. <laughs> no, no, this is dope as hell. This is the most ridiculous scene in the whole episode. This, uh, I don't. Okay, maybe the are season. We, are we talking about the same scene? I'm talking about the rubble scene. What scene are you talking about? I'm talking about like when it cuts to the sailor scouts. Yeah, and they're just like kicking it on these abandoned Tokyo streets. Yes, and they're like yeah, let's go fuck some shit up. That is the scene I'm talking about, Chris. We always make fun of them for how abandoned Tokyo is. And let me be the first to chastise the city of Tokyo for their terrible emergency response system. (laughs) This is a shameful display. A building explodes and there are no police. There are no medics of any kind. There are no fire people. Uh, you know, fire firemen, firefighters, firefighters. Yes, Th- this entire area is just completely abandoned. Well, maybe they're all in some kind of coma. Yeah, <laughs> the whole city to get them out of the way. Or else <laughs> innocent bystanders. This is the fucking third season. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Somebody's probably like, yeah, these five girls are going to take care of it. Like, don't. <laughs> Like we're not, I, overtime is not approved for this. Because it's one thing. It's one thing when you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, you know, the scouts go out to a place and then sh- shit blows up, and then they fight a bad guy and kill him. And that, and like, we don't see cops or or emergency services because you know it's all happening really quickly. And you know, after the scouts leave, they probably show up. But time has passed, man. Time has passed because, as you as you remember from a ten minute sequence, yes, last episode they transformed into the Sailor Scouts, and they are not the Sailor Scouts right now. So that that brings up a question: When is this? (laughs) I have no idea. Like I feel like this is later. Like this should pick up immediately after the end of the last episode, right? Well, they had to go all the way back to Memoru's place to hook her up to the (laughs) Memoru ventilator. They all probably took a quick power nap before the big battle. <laughs> I feel like they probably should, like they showed up and everybody was like, um, "Hey, excuse me, uh, officer, um, c- 
could you get everybody out of here? We need to do some dramatic staring. But you're just four teenage girls. You're not even Sailor we Scouts or anything. We need to do some dramatic staring, sir. I do not have time to explain <laughs> this to you. Also, by the way, also X-Force fucked off. X-Force was like, yeah, how Oh, no, they're all doing their own, their own, uh... No, I know, but they were together at the end of the episode. They were all running together. They were like, remember, we cleared out the, the place together. Oh, well, but, well, no, it ended with, didn't end with, like, Pluto. It was just Pluto who was with, uh, the inner century, right? Oh, I don't remember where you're in a And then Pluto right went up to, to, to join the rest of X-Force. Apparently. Yeah, Pluto helped clear out the building. That's probably what it was, is the cops arrived and say Pluto was there. And she was like, don't worry, we got everybody out. It's fine. And they're like, okay, well, we're going home. <laughs> we're going home. And, and, and again, also, let's also talk about when I first saw these streets, I was like, what the fuck happened to these streets? We saw the top of this building blow up, but that damage was real widespread. They are like, I don't know. That's probably not a, that. Is it, do you think that's a mile away from the building? That's not a mile away from the building. Half a mile, at least. Half a mile, at least. Uh, what What are you judging by? <laughs> the The distance of the building from them. I'm looking at this wide shot where you see the girls and you I'm see the building. I'm looking at the same shot. I don't yeah. know how you're. I don't know how you're pinning it down and be like that's a mile. Because the building is far away. There, there is a lot of you know damage uh, to the surrounding area. Yeah, like the street is torn up, random cars are just smashed. <laughs> hey, have you heard this uh this Sailor Moon podcast? <laughs> I really like it. It's about these two dudes who just fucking argue with each other over bullshit that doesn't matter. You wanna talk about Super Baby? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I was correct. History nope. will vindicate me. No. Nope. <laughs> Point being, okay. The premise of this scene is bad. I will grant you that. There should be more activity. And honestly, like, they could have done this scene and had cops and emergency services and, and paramedics and firefighters there. And I don't think it would have changed the tone of the scene at all. Oh, no. But I do love that, like, it. hey, uh, is it, oh, is it uh, five episodes away from the end of the season? Okay, time for shit to get real. And we get, like, the dramatic staring and, uh, and Usagi going, you guys ready? Let's go fuck some shit up. I think that's I think that's awesome. Like the the premise of the scene is bad, but if you accept the premise, then I think the scene is is very like fuck yeah, Usagi, let's go do this. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I do like this moment where you get kind of the you you think you're gonna get a full transformation, but you sort of just get the start, and then you get the title card, and it and it has that great like moment where you see Usagi and then all the other scouts and that kind of like five panel uh, image. Yes. I watched this episode immediately after the previous episode when we, I watched them both just before we we recorded the previous episode and um or the day before. And I was so happy that they <laughs> cut away from the transformations. I wanted <laughs> I wanted them all in there. I was I wanted I wanted 20 fucking minutes. <laughs> I was so happy. I was just like, oh, thank God. Because there was so much transformation last episode. We, we cut to a shot of a helicopter uh, hovering over the Pioneer uh, <laughs> building, which I think is, is supposed to be the Pioneer building, uh, the Pioneer Media building. Oh, yeah. And in that helicopter, <laughs> what the fuck is up? It's X-Force. It's... Uh, who, who else would be flying a helicopter during this time of crisis? I mean, 
I thought maybe the media. I thought maybe emergency oh. services, but no. No, no, no. I was again, we were I was watching this with, with Devin, and we were both joking and complaining about the fact that there was no services around. And <laughs> and then we uh, cut to this and I just went, That's your innocent. <laughs> <laughs> and I was again, absolutely right. <laughs> flying in this helicopter in full costume, having a conversation at normal conversational volume, no no headphones, just no. just rocking and rolling. Of course. <laughs> They, they, it's part of their sailor powers. Yeah, I was actually about to say uh, <laughs> that that's why they were they're in their sailor uniforms for this. So they didn't have to uh, use headphones. So the inner senshi get a uh, sailor teleport. The outer senshi can't teleport anywhere and have to fly around in a fucking helicopter. Oh. But they can talk to each other. That's no, the trade off. That's the actually legit question. That actually makes me wonder about sailor teleport. Is it just you need five scouts? Like... If they were like, yeah, Uranus, Moon's not around. Just hop in here, and then we can teleport. I wonder if that would work. I don't know. Well, they, they do they they do sailor planet power, but I guess that's just the inner senshi do that. Yeah, I I'm trying to remember, but I think uh, I think in the beginning of Sailor Stars, there's a there's a, at least one or two scenes of all the senshi, like inner and outer. Where they, you know, they join their powers. So from there, we cut to the Messiah of Silence uh, in her throne room. Oh, but this scene was really good in the uh, helicopter because you see, like, their different, you know, their different attitudes towards, you know, what they're doing. Because, like, uh, like Neptune is like very sure of herself, and Uranus is uh, kind of um, disenchanted with like the idea that there is a, you know, a great savior. Like, here she. She still can't believe that Usagi is the one. And then Pluto is definitely, definitely doesn't know if she did the right thing of, you know, joining the rest of the X-Force. I, I really like this moment because it's very telling of each of their, you know, attitudes towards, you know, the coming, you know, big battle. The coming terror, terror of darkness. Ah, yes. It's like these eight guardians are having a struggle. Uh, we, See? we we joke about these characters being X Force, but the scene where like it zooms in on Pluto's face and then she gets like the the red lighting freeze frame, like that is full on X Force shit, <laughs> like actual comic books X Force. That's true. So hey, um, we cut to the Messiah of Silence in the throne room, and is it just me or are the ears in this episode really weird? Hmm. I can't Let me look. stop looking at them. They are they're they're pretty big actually. Yeah. Well, I think it's the far. I think it's yeah, I think it's the way Mr. they do Mistress Nine's hair because it's behind her that yeah, oh yeah, there there's a shot of Mars and her ears look ginormous. Yeah, I like fucking it's... Mistress Nine looks like Miss Frisbee. <laughs> it's bananas. Let me just look at some random screenshots oh yeah their ears well most of the time their ears don't come out that far every once in a while i'm coming across a picture of sailor moon with big ears but it's funny because this this uh episode has some really really dynamic animation in it yeah i, I generally like it uh but there's a couple of weird scenes the ears are weird and there's a shot of them like right before we cut to the messiah of silence uh, where the girls are running across the the rubble of downtown Tokyo. Oh yeah, and they're and popping just up like they're one of the time. Yeah, yeah. It's the way. It's the way. It's it's because it's they're running in slow motion, and so it has them popping up like popcorn, like because they're not popping so up. Like, pop, 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 pop. to come into the light. It's 
pretty good. I'll be ready. <laughs> it's a very good running in slow motion joke. Thank you. I'm sure everyone at home is laughing. Oh, I didn't. Even though Jordan is no selling it. Anyway, I, 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 I didn't. I don't. I don't know that. You don't know Baywatch? <laughs> no, I don't. I didn't the know most watched television program in the world when it was on. Jordan, it, was, uh, it wasn't watched by me. I'm sorry. Never watched an episode. Yeah. I'm sorry, you're going to have to do Baywatch business with somebody else. <laughs> the Messiah, Mistress Nine is like, hey, the Holy Grail's here. And Toei's <laughs> like, oh, okay, guess we'll deal with that. That's <laughs> all that remains. Oh, and by the way, uh, I want to talk about the, the damage to the building real quick. Okay. It's pretty amazing. Last week we we saw you mean like how the building explodes and just looks like Batman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like last week we saw the building get blown off, get the top of the building blown off. Uh, it is perfectly a rounded uh, chunk taken as if there was a a perfect orb gone. Like you know, like uh, the beginning of Terminator, Terminator Two style, when they teleport in and like the 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 bubble gets rid of everything. That's what it looks like at the top of this building, except building size. Uh, very random and weird. So they put up a force field, I guess, like yes. a, a big purple dome, except they leave a star-shaped opening at the top. Well, they have to leave an opening for Faro 90, probably. Or, you know, yeah. a, a helicopter. A <laughs> right. It does not make any sense. Why are they leaving this, this top open? Yeah, nope. Okay, then this part I think is actually <laughs> fucking awesome. Diamonds, diamonds everywhere. Because we, we, we've seen through the entire season, right? Like we've seen these diamond eggs. Uh, and we've seen like this massive factory that produces them. We know that like they have as many as they need. But we did not know they had this many. We did not know they had 1,000 of them. Yes. Oh, more. There's more than 1,000 here. There yeah, there's like so many, and they're coming out of the vents. They're coming out of a piano at one point, which is crazy. I I think. Wait, where's my note? I I uh, said, are we watching The Shining? <laughs> yes, because it looks oh. like blood dripping yes. like from the building. Well, because all the, the diamonds pop. Here's yeah. the thing about these diamonds: these are raw, uncooked diamond. They have not seen the inside of the oven. They're still sexy, like creatures yes they're still amorphously sexy they're still sexy lady shaped they're just like in a weird unfinished way yeah sexy template (laughs) sexy template i like that they're sexy clayface who is uh red clayface i guess who chris should have should have rated higher on his uh batman animated series villain the best clayface episode happens on the new batman adventures so that's why clayface was not ranked higher I haven't seen that one. Oh, I love oh, Clayface. the one with Clayface's daughter. You had that answer ready. It sounds like you get that criticism a lot. No, I knew it was going to come up, but that is why I ranked Clayface where it was. I did see that one. That one was a really good one. Oh, I yeah, love Clayface. I love the theme music they they played for him. So, have you seen the motion picture Aliens? Yeah. Uh, well, so have the people who made this episode, because like we get Ami being like, there's so much dark energy. Here they come. Uh, <laughs> Chris, all the, yes. I don't know if you remember, this is the second time they've stolen that bit. Is it? Yes. Oh, did they do it in, um, I just in watched the R. R. Yeah, yeah, they did it. They, they were surrounded by all the, With uh, all the flowers. Yep. They were standing on them. Well, this is very much like just like the scene in R, which we actually really liked. Oh, I really it. liked it. It's a great, great scene. The, 
but like as soon as all these like formless sexy blobs show up i'm like oh they're gonna they're just gonna get mowed down yep. this is this is we get to see some cool shots and sure enough we do get to see some cool shots yeah you you see each uh, uh sentry attack and there's like one great shot of mars attacking the the blobs and uh, right beside her is Usagi, who is having some difficulty. Yes, falling over into them. <laughs> and it, her face is just so cute. I love it. The only thing I can't tell, they are they are smashing the shit out of these uh, gloop monsters. Diamonds? But, diamonds. But are they defeating them or not? That's the part I couldn't quite make out, because again, they're all made of gloop, and... I I can't tell if they're killing them or if they're just breaking regenerating. them regenerating and then they, they come right back. Yeah. It's a, it is a little unclear. It, you know, if they're just regenerating. I think there's just so many that they keep, you know, attacking and killing but um, you know, more, you know, keep coming. Okay. And oh my god, I love the extra special lovely uh uh the extra special like giant heart that just obliterates all of them. Oh yeah, yeah, cuz she does moon spiral heart attack, which we haven't seen in a while. Oh, it's uh, so cool. And yeah, it just comes out as a giant fucking heart, as always, but it kills <laughs> a zillion monsters. And, and it's uh, horizontal instead of vertical. It's, yep. oh, it's a great yep. it's a great shot. It vaporizes them. It's great. But then another bunch of uh, sexy blobs come after them. Mm-hmm. And they they keep saying, like, oh, we just need we just need to stay with teleport. But they keep on standing there. Well, because they gotta fight, man. They they don't have time. Yeah, they don't have time to concentrate and you know form their circle. Because well, I I understand because Mugen Academy has become an Omega Zone. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they keep even this. We're a hundred and twenty four episodes into the show, and they're still just inventing new <laughs> concepts and telling them to us as though we are supposed to know what they are. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. So uh we see Mr. Snide. Mr. Snide's like, yeah, this is an Omega Zone. And then she reaches out and we get this super cool, super creepy effect on her arm. Where it's like it's like a it's moving across a different piece of animation. Like like Van Gogh-ish. <laughs> it really is cool. it is very oh, yeah, yeah, very yeah. Van Gogh esque. It it's yeah, they have some really unusual like visual choices that i think are just brilliant and then that's when we go back outside and we get the the very much sailor moon r style like oh you know fire soul and it burns a hundred of them and bubble spray like fucks up a bunch of them yeah wait no hold on we can't go we can't just breeze past that bubble spray kills the shit out of these guys (laughs) yeah bubble spray is a devastating attack jordan this is the only (laughs) time it has ever been a devastating attack which means not only are these guys like raw diamonds they're like raw super wuss diamonds again no offense to her i don't even i i know i make fun of bubble spray a lot i know i do but again our traditional fully baked diamonds Can stand up to Shine Aqua Illusion. Can stand up to, you know what I mean? Remember, they always stood up to all of the, the big attacks. Oh, and right. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. These diamonds are just getting annihilated by season one attacks. And then one of them bites a chunk out of Mita's leg. Yeah, which is, again, like, we never, we so rarely see, like, physical violence on this show that when a diamond's, like, like, when a creepy mouth comes up and bites <laughs> Venus on the leg, like, it's really scary. Because then, like, like... Uh, Jupiter gets like tentacle monster attacked. 
and it like gets like it wraps around her neck and her ponytail which you know as we all know is the source of her power <laughs> and then we get another moon spiral heart attack yeah then a real freaky thing happens so a minute ago we saw when when the van gogh arm happened she reached into a portal basically she's pulling a spider-man villain spot here <laughs> she reaches into a little portal that portal comes out Although it's it's weird because it comes out like way up high in the air, and not only does her hand get to come through it, she gets like you know Mister Fantastic, Ms. Marvel abilities to like stretch her arm a million miles. I mean, it's more like just to be creepy. Oh, I yeah. think. Yeah. She grabs Sailor Moon by the neck. Yeah, it's huge enough to like wrap her entire hand, like like if she was grabbing a pen. Yeah. To wrap her hand around Sailor Moon's neck. Yeah, she completely goes around her neck and then just drags her up by her neck. Oh, it's so it's so creepy. It's so terrifying. Because yeah. she's pulling her towards this tiny hole in space and it's like, oh my god. Like, she's going to liquefy Sailor Moon. <laughs> Aliens so 5 all... style. Or an Aliens 4 style. Jason X style. Yeah, ah. So Jason X style. Absolutely. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh... The only one I've seen. Really? I mean, it, listen, it's great, but yeah, it's great. It's not scary. There's some other good ones. Uh, you God, don't think Jason I, X is great? Oh, it's amazing. I've watched one of the Friday Thirteenth movies. It's not my. It's not sure. my kind of horror film. But Jason if, X if is the one where watch one, you should watch Jason X because yeah. that's the one where the motherfuckers in space. Uh, yes, Jason X is the one where he becomes a cyborg in space. So it's pretty uh, amazing. No, uh, and he fights space marines. <laughs> God no. So while she's getting dragged up by the neck, the scouts like literally gather around and like grab onto every limb of her body and are like trying to keep her from going in this hole. And they're useless. Yes. Well, they're not useless because literally an entire flood of diamond juice wraps <laughs> around them and then electrocutes them and uh, takes them all down. Yeah, no, I shouldn't say they're useless. She gets pulled through a, through a hole. Yes. She gets pulled through the hole in space. And then, and then the the jello mold of the diamonds. <laughs> yes, yes. That that is a that is a also a really cool visual. Oh, the sex wall. <laughs> well, I was gonna, I, to me it was I immediately. You guys talking about the sex wall? I was immediately thinking Ghostbusters two. Oh, yeah. definitely, it's definitely Ghostbusters two. Until it just turns, turns into, into locking ladies. Yes, yes, it does turn into sex ladies. Well, I mean, when you say sex wall, that makes it sound like someone's going to have sex with this wall. Um, yeah, because it looks like someone's going to have sex with this wall. <laughs> I, that was not like that was not unintentional on my part. It's a very fuckable wall. But you know, I'm glad you are <laughs> turned on by it. Well, Chris. I've got a coincidence about this wall. It also has a giant hole in it. <laughs> they decide this wall should not be fully complete either. And they leave the giant star shape at the top, just like the uh, the force field does. Again, they're leaving room for the helicopter. <laughs> yeah, like I was going to say, if only they had a, like the scouts had a way to get up there, like some kind of hovering <laughs> device. Which, you know, actually turns out to be a great idea. The inner senshi can't teleport now because without Sailor Moon, they cannot teleport. Nope. You need five. Which is why I was wondering if, if, if Pluto showed up, could they be like, oh, cool, now we can teleport. I don't know. I don't know. So the helicopter comes in with Uranus and Neptune and Pluto, like, getting ready to go through that big star-shaped hole. And then, like, all the, the sex wall uh, <laughs> turns back into ladies and attacks their helicopter. And it's, again... 
I love this animation. It's so fucking scary because you just see one. Like you see him wrap around the helicopter and then you see one just like go face first into the wall and just splatter herself on the wall. Like on the windshield? Yeah, it's it's really brutal and really scary looking. And then, you know, makes them think otherwise that using a helicopter going towards a bunch of diamonds is a good idea. And at that point, X-Force is 100% fucked and they all die. <laughs> yeah, Memento Mori, buy our dolls! <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, yep. Yeah, that helicopter a fucking explodes. And that is what takes us into the act break. Hey, Jordan. Yeah. How is our show supported by listeners like the person listening to this right now? Well, you just answered the question. No, I just said it was supported. Oh, how do they do it? Well, they do it using a site known as Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash sailorbusiness, you will find a site where you can become a patron of Sailor Business, offering to give as little as $1 a month to support the show, and as much as a billion trismillion dollars. Although, we don't have a, a special level for bismillion trismillion. Bismillion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I made that up. Oh, oh did you? <laughs> oh! I did. Are you shocked? Are you are you ashamed of me, Chris? Uh, apparently, you <laughs> that's are. right. So uh, this is the part of the show that where we like to thank everybody who has gone over to Patreon.com/slash/SailorBusiness and kicked in a, a little bit of money. Uh, and we've got a couple of new people to talk about. Uh, we have uh, Mark Cope. Thank you very much, Mark. It's very nice of you. And we have uh, Axel Steele. Ooh, I like Thank that Thank you, name. Axel. Yeah, that's a cool name. Yeah, that's a cool-ass name, dude. Nice. Uh, so thank you to those two folks uh, for uh, helping us out and helping us keep the lights on here at uh, Business HQ, here at the, the business building, <laughs> which is my apartment, I y- think. Your apartment? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's not not your house. There's gross stuff in your house. <laughs> I should clarify Jordan had, like, like, the basement flooded. Like, that's what I... That's... I'm, Jordan, I'm not just insulting Jordan's house for no reason. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we got uh, a couple of cool emails uh, today. We've had a lot of people writing in about the Sailor Moon reboot. Uh, by the time you hear this, I think we probably will have recorded the next Chibisode. Because uh, this will be two weeks from when we're recording this. So uh, hopefully you sent in your thoughts. If not, I don't know, keep sending them. Maybe we'll talk about it again. It's a pretty a pretty good topic for what we want to see in a full reboot of Sailor Moon. But we also got a really fun email. Uh, do you remember when we heard about the South American, the the Colombian dub of Sailor Moon a couple episodes ago? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, we got an email from uh, Anne Kristen Pfeiffer about the German dub of Sailor Moon. Oh my god, the German dub has the best opening theme song. It's so good. That is what I hear. Yeah, they they wrote their own song and it's it's so fun. I love it. It, It's very very techno. I'm just going to go through this from Anne Kristen. Uh, Hey, Chris, Jordan, and guest. That's that's you, Lindsay. Hi! Here's some information about the German dub. The official German title is Sailor Moon Das Madchen mit den Zauberkraften. 
Uh, Sailor Moon, the girl with magical powers. Germany does not use the famous Crescent Moon logo, but a different one featuring the stylized transformation brooch. Uh, some people think that the German dub is based on the French one. That is not correct, but I can see how that misconception came to be. The German dub, particularly in season one, is not based on the French version, but was clearly inspired by it. For example, Usagi is called Bunny in German, but unlike in the French dub, the other Sinchi kept their Japanese names. And oh. the German translation mimics the French naming conventions for attacks. Like the French, Frisbee Lunaire, uh, Aegis to Dissui, uh, the German Monstein Fleigunzig, first names the weapon and then gives it an order in rhyme, act right away in French, and fly in triumph in German. Later attacks would follow that pattern, leading to attack names that are very different from the Japanese original and can on occasion be a bit silly as it can in the transformation phrases. Despite the occasional silly phrase, the German transformations and attacks are awesome, since the studio had the neat idea to add an echo effect to the Sinchi's voices, which gives the scenes quite an epic feel. I particularly like the effect in Uranus's transformation. And uh, we were sent a a video, if you would like to see that, which is pretty dope. So what was the German dub studio? The German dub, like the American one, was done by two studios, season one by Studio Plaza Synchron, which came up with the echo, the other seasons by FFF Group. The American studio names are way catchier. Uh, the first season was broadcast in 1995 by public service channel ZDF, but was not that successful. RTL2, a private network, noticed Sailor Moon's success in other countries and brought the series from ZDF. It gave the show a better time slot and massive advertising, which soon turned Sailor Moon into a massive success. One of the more curious marketing stunts RTL2 pulled was the creation of the techno group Super Moonies. What? which was entirely based around Sailor Moon. Despite being an obvious marketing ploy, sometimes getting things plain wrong, e.g. the song uh, Minako's Hearse Crystal claims that Minako's pure heart contains the Holy Grail, uh, and being ridiculously 90s from today's perspective, the band was successful enough to produce four albums, one of which is a best of album. Wow. The Super Moonies also did two intro songs for Sailor Moon, and here is their album cover... Uh, and Jordan, I, I would love it if you put this up on our Twitter, because it's maybe the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Let's see it. <laughs> what? Oh my god. Wow. Yeah. I'll put that up. That's, that, that is something. <laughs> Uh, the German intro situation is a bit chaotic. First of all, <laughs> the, only the rights for the first opening, the one that features Moon, Mercury, and Mars, were acquired, which means that during its original run on both ZDF and RTL2, this was all we would see. However, we would get different songs with those visuals. Uh, Sag des Zauberwort, Say the Magic Word, was used by ZDF, and the Super Moony songs Die Macht des, des Mons, Power of the Moon, and... Kampf Sailor Moon, Fight Sailor Moon by RTL2. During a 2005 rerun, RTL2 used an intro that featured both clips from the first opening and from certain episodes. Unfortunately, they did not take the opportunity to tailor the intro more closely to the season it was airing. It featured clips from Queen Beryl, Black Lady, and the Outer Senshi. The song was called Flieg durch die Wolken, Fly Through the Clouds. In the 2010s, the channel Viva uh, rebroadcast the show using an abbreviated version of Moonlight Densetsu. Then, in circa 2016, the rights issue must have been resolved because the video-on-demand platform RTL2U was able to use all the Japanese intros and endings. And we've got links to all those as well that we should probably put up on Twitter. Uh, the rest of the soundtrack was in the original Japanese. In the first season, 
Songs with lyrics had the Japanese voice track removed, leaving only the instrumental music. This really takes away from the atmosphere, especially in the final battle with Beryl. From season two on, the songs received a German dub. The singer was Mara Windsor, who also dubbed Luna. Hmm. Uh, however, not much care was put into the production of these songs. Mara Windsor herself said in an interview with the fansite Sailor Moon German that she was disappointed when she found out that the songs would be recorded in a voice studio instead of a sound studio, suited for song recordings. The lyrics were also below average. In some songs, they did not make much sense, and on one occasion even included a grammatical mistake. Considering the circumstances, Mara Windsor did a great job. Uh, the other voice actors also put in a stellar performance in all seasons. I particularly liked Veronica uh, Neusbauer's performance of Jupiter, which perfectly strikes the balance between tough and feminine, and I find Nicola Group's Chibiusa considerably less annoying than both her Japanese and English voice. <laughs> By the way, most of the cast even stayed the same when the production studios changed. Exceptions included Sailor Moon herself, who in season one was voiced by Sabine Bullman, and the German voice of Lisa Simpson, <laughs> uh, then later by Inez Gunther and Memoru, whose voice actor from our on, Dominic Auer, funnily enough, voiced Umino in season one. Oh, wow. Huh. Uh, while the inclusion of dub songs, even if they could have been better, was an improvement and the voice acting stayed consistently great, the overall quality of the dub suffered from the switch from ZDF and Studio Plaza Synchron to RTL2 and FFF Group. Uh, while both studios used an English script that was done by Toei as a basis for the dub, Matthias von Stegman, one of the directors of Dialogue for Season 1 and also Memory's voice in that season, spoke Japanese and could intervene if there was a mistake in the English translation or if localization was necessary. But the FFF group team included no one that knew Japanese, so they had to trust the English translation, which was sometimes lacking. For example, Minako's puns in season one were based off of German proverbs, but in later seasons they got literally translated from the English script, which was literally translated from the Japanese script, so the jokes got lost in translation. Yeah. To the credit, the humor that is not based on the puns is still spot on. <laughs> Communication must have also been an issue, which is showcased by various inconsistencies, such as Eugiel's VA being the only one to pronounce Mimet with a silent T. Hmm. Mimet? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Well, if they're going off the original French... I mean, the, you know, not the original French, but if they're going off the French dub, that kind of makes sense. Because if there's just an E-T, I don't think you would say right. the T, but if there's E-T-T-E, then you would say it. Um, uh, then you would you know, yeah, pronounce true. the T. Even Studio Plaza made mistakes. As I mentioned in a tweet before, regardless of the studio, almost all villain names were wrong. Examples include Nef Neflite instead of Nephrite, Kaori Knight. As in mm -hmm. K-N-I-G-H-T. Oh, yeah. That's what she's called in the original Deke dub. Or, or rather, Cloverway dub. Uh, Red Crow instead of Leg Crow. In addition to that, many Japanese names were pronounced incorrectly. Most were stressed on the wrong symbol, e.g. Memoru instead of Mamoru. Ami was pronounced like the English Amy, and Ray also received an English pronunciation with a distinctly American R sound. In addition to the translation mistakes, some censorship also occurred. Zoocyte and a character from Super S, I won't mention who since Chris mentioned he reads the emails, but if this is read on the podcast, I'm sure the listeners will be able to piece it together, uh, got changed to women. Uh, later, such changes would only happen when knowledge of Japanese culture was necessary for understanding the scene. For example, in S, when Minako reads a letter from Neo Queen Serenity and has revealed the letter is entirely in hiragana, the German job changed the joke to the letter being full of spelling mistakes, which is a fair change in my opinion. Wait, she didn't use her imagination? <laughs> oh my god i forgot about that yes. um, unbelievable 
another instance of censorship would be that in the FFF group era, the words die and kill were sometimes replaced more by more harmless alternatives, such as destroyed or enchant. Uh, however, this happened only occasionally, which leads me to believe that the censorship was not mandated by the station or studio, but the decision of one or a few of the scriptwriters. As for Haruka and Michiru's relationship, I also had the impression that their relationship status was up to the writers. In some episodes, the romance is really toned down. Other occasions, not at all. Okay, I'm getting nitpicky now. Compared to other dubs, we still get a very faithful adaptation of Sailor Moon. First of all, there were no cuts in our version except for one exception. The ZDF version of episode 45 and 46 received a few cuts, e.g. Sailor Mars' death scene was shortened. However, in all subsequent airings, un uncut versions of these episodes were shown. Germany was also among the few European countries to air Sailor Stars, and to my knowledge, the only one to not censor a very big plot point. Again, listeners will know. Yeah, that... I'll tell you when don't you get say, to don't say. Oh no no I'm not gonna spoil it, but I will tell you that whoever you get as like your first guest for uh, a certain uh, group of characters, if they don't know what the Italian dub did to them, oh boy, you will get a slew of emails because it's it's good, Chris. You're you're gonna have a great laugh about it. It's bananas. I can't wait. I don't know about that. Uh, had the dub been released in 2017, it would be very disappointing, but considering how early on in the anime craze it was released, we got a solid, faithful dub of, full of talented voice actors that make watching it an entertaining experience. It's still my preferred version of Sailor Moon. Uh, I hope that was helpful. Best wishes to all of you, Anne. Uh, Anne, thank you so much. That was really great. Uh, I find that fascinating. Uh, so I'm glad that we got to hear about another country's experience with Sailor Moon. I think that's really cool and interesting. Yeah, that was great. I just want to fill in, a, before we get back to it, just quickly, a few things that we, we have gotten on Twitter in the last uh, two days. Because we got a, we got so much feedback on this most recent episode that went live, which was... Sexy Chandelier? Uh, yes, it was, it was episode 122. <laughs> First of all, lots of feedback about whether science requires a heart. Um, oh, really? Uh, on both sides, Chris. On both sides. It is It, it is not clear. Uh, in fact, if I had to judge it, I would say I feel like there's a little bit more saying that they understand what I'm saying. Uh, but regardless of how people feel about it, everybody seems to be saying that they're laughing their asses off and loving this episode. It, it was very funny. I, I listened to it this morning. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, let's see what else we got. People suggesting that I'm actually a rock person and that the podcast <laughs> is going to drain their energy. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, Amanda wrote into uh, on Twitter to say that um, in a recent episode, an emailer said there was no Sailor Moon in the Silver Millennium. Uh, she disagrees. Her evidence being um, that Luna in the manga says her mission after waking up in the modern era was to awaken Sailor Moon, and if that's her mission, then that doesn't sound like it was an accident it was it, it, there's a, a thing saying my first order was to awaken sailor moon so there's that yeah unfortunately i'm not quite i i'm not quite sure on that uh you know whether i i don't believe there was a sailor moon but i'm a little fuzzy with that i i, I was always under the impression that luna knew that there was something special about usagi uh but she just didn't know what it was Hmm. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think it's a little unclear. I mean, again, Santa Venus had a palace floating over the planet Venus, so sometimes uh, I think she was winging it a little bit. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I don't think uh, Naoko Takeuchi had like a story bible no. that she was working from. I think she was just going hard on it 
and that it's as good as it is is a really great testament to how talented she is as a creator too uh, uh chris daniel fernandez says uh and yeah I'm, i saw i'm not sure well i just don't know the answer he, he he's a little unclear but to fill in the listeners that he says he suggests the infinite universe how do you pronounce it cuke cuke grew up to become nebulo who was the 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 villain they destroy in seven soldiers and that all-star is a separate infinite universe it's it's hard to say it's hard to say yeah, well, that's so weird because that means there's two different baby universes that represent universes without superheroes in specific Morrison comics. Like, I don't, I don't think he's wrong, but that's just really weird. Well, I mean, it could be that All Star Universe, All Star Superman takes place before Seven Soldiers. I, well, don't I mean, know. it came out before Seven Soldiers. No, did it? All Star Superman, yeah. No, oh, for some reason, I, in my mind, they go in the other order. But I, I'm probably wrong. Um, in addition, oh, we, we didn't talk at all about the Sailor Moon cafes. Four new Sailor Moon cafes are opening, uh, or have uh, opened, well, I believe. Unless one's in, like, Raleigh. <laughs> this does not apply to me. All four of them are in Tokyo. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Tokyo, 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 and uh, Hickory, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you should open one, Chris. Uh, I, don't, I don't have time to, to run a... <laughs> run a uh a sailor moon restaurant jordan but uh we've seen people have sent us the the uh promotional art for it and pictures of the food from it uh that we that have been on the internet lots of cool lots of cool stuff in addition this Very one was cool pretty stuff. interesting kel mcd says uh japan is more okay with kids run slash walking places on their own in fact there is a reality show called my first errand it's about four slash five-year-olds going to the corner store on their own for the first time to get sugar or juice or something mom needs for dinner this is true it, it, <laughs> no it, it is it is a lot more acceptable in japan to you know it's just because it's you know they just have this idea that it is a safer place that kids can go off and do stuff unsupervised that's awesome <laughs> that's that, yeah, that is awesome. And I did actually know that about Japan. That's not really my issue <laughs> with Chibi. It's that she runs out at like fucking midnight and then stands in somebody's yard for six hours. That's true. <laughs> but that's that's Kel McDonald, uh, former guest of our show. Mm -hmm. Oh, and uh, although that also brings to mind, have you ever seen the video of the uh, penguin that gets sent out to buy fish? What? If you look up uh, like penguin shopping for fish... It was these people, I think it was, I don't remember exactly what it was. I can't remember if it's Japan or not, but it was, they had, they had a pet penguin that they keep in like a, you know, a super cooled room and they put a little penguin backpack on it and put a little money in it. And the penguin waddles down to the fish shop. The person takes the money out of the backpack, slips a fish into the backpack, gives the penguin a couple little fish to eat on the, uh, on the way. And then the fish walks home with it, or the penguin walks home with a giant fish for its family. Okay. Adorable visual, making me think a little about uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Right there, what, uh, wasn't there Pen Pen? Uh... I never saw that. Oh, and I just uh, I just looked it up. It is Japan. Uh, here, I'll put the link for you guys, and everybody should check out the link. Just Google it. If you Google penguin shopping, you'll you'll see it. Oh, though I'm not sure. I like the idea of a penguin being had, you know, kept as a pet. Yeah, not a hundred percent clear on how uh, how cool that is or not but i do know that uh a lot of people love penguins so i'm sure they're all jealous right now 
all right, I think that's about enough uh, act break stuff. Let's get back into this episode, which now that we're all happy and cheerful, uh, let's let's get back into this. <laughs> S for shadow. Smash goes a helicopter. Explosions. Explosions. <laughs> the last thing we saw was that helicopter blowing up. But when we rejoin it, uh, the helicopter's still blowing up. But what? Haruka and Michiru are unharmed. And uh, Satsuna is outside fucking controlling time. What has she done? I, I love that their initial reaction is, Hey, could you do this all the time? Because <laughs> that's pretty fucked up. If you've been able to control the flow of time and haven't bothered doing anything with it. Uh, the answer is no, 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 no. I have committed the greatest taboo. The one thing that I, the guardian of time, must never do. Now, well, first of all... Uh-huh. I would have thought the one thing she is never was supposed to not do. let people come back in time to murder Sailor Moon. I was going to say hit on Mamoru, but okay. There is <laughs> <laughs> Who is making these rules? I don't know. It's got to be Usagi, right? Why would Usagi say don't ever freeze time and save the lives of your fellow Sailor Scouts? Oh no, Usagi um, would be like all about that. It's like yes. wait, free freeze time so I can do this one, like yes. like sleep no. for an extra five hours. <laughs> yeah, what would be is we get we get this. Dun, 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 dun. Hey everybody. It sure seems tempting to control the flow of time, but you can really create a paradox. So don't do it. <laughs> Neo Queen Serenity says I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think this is the one taboo. Well, actually, there is another Sunshi who has another kind of taboo move. But oh, yeah. I just, I just want to point out that it is consistent with Satsuna's character that she just stays fucking up. <laughs> she can't like she's just doing the wrong thing Aww. constantly. Well, the, I again, I'm gonna just sound like that weird know-it-all about everything but again this this scene is kind of a callback to something in the manga because she does use time stop in the manga she uses it actually in uh, r because in the manga in the climax uh demand gets a hold of both uh usagi's present day um uh, silver crystal and he gets a hold of chibiusa's silver crystal from the quote-unquote future you know his present our our uh our future right, uh right. and he's about to touch them together which essentially would break all of time and space and like the world because of time like doc brown said demand has both of them and he's about to touch them together and seeing no other way pluto uses time stop uh to prevent that from happening and you know destroying everything okay so <laughs> so it's less of a taboo in the manga <laughs> Well, no, it's still a taboo. She it it ends up killing her. Oh, and, right. Yeah. That's how she dies. Right. Yeah, okay. that that's how she dies, and she dies talking well, about. She comes back. Yeah, but she she dies at that time and talks about uh, King and Demian's violet coat. I don't, I don't want to do anything. I'm being mean to oh, Sailor I... Pluto, but also we had an entire season about time traveling villains, and then they went to go see her, and she was like, uh. <laughs> yeah. So. It but, wasn't okay. the right time for her to use it. Oh, Aww. time. <laughs> so, 
speaking of t- time, no, I have no idea. Uh, so she has time frozen, like you said. The, the explosion is frozen mid-explosion, and Uranus and Neptune are going, whoa, this is crazy. Um, and she's like, yeah, by the way, if you meet the Messiah, um, tell him I say hi. I don't fucking know. Well, I think it's because she she believes that Isagi is the Messiah. Sure. But what I what I want to know is, how come Uranus and Neptune turn into little fireworks and disappear? What the fuck is that? When did they get personal sailor teleport, or does she have sailor teleport my friends ability? Well, Jordan, if you if you watch the next scene, yeah, you would see that the Messiah of Silence is like, huh? They got in by stopping time, just as I expected. <laughs> <laughs> but what does that even mean? And how did they get? How, what, it, 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 it. Yeah, I just. Oh, oh! You expected? Okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> like I feel like Toy's next line is "You are superior because your powers are truly immense." Messiah of Silence. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, you expected that? That's very cool. Thank you. I, I well, I wonder good. if she's honing into you know Sailor because she's in Hotaru's body and Hotaru is Sailor Saturn. She is you know aware of certain. Um, things about like sailor saturn like sailor saturn knows about the outer senshi so maybe she's i i don't well i think yeah i think sailor saturn is oh maybe i could be just bullshitting here but maybe talks about (laughs) swallowing chibiusa's pure heart so presumably she also knows she says like oh that's why i have this power yeah so maybe she is aware of certain powers and abilities of of you know the outer century and the inner century which is know. maybe which might be also why she pulled stellar moon out of the um the group because she you know might may have been aware that they were they could use to sailor teleport so she broke sure, up the group sure. i don't know Chibiusa is a child, and children, as established, are are idiots. Wait till you have your baby boy, and he's going to be the <laughs> smartest baby boy that ever was. How did that baby shower go this weekend? Jordan? It was delightful. Great, glad to hear it. So, uh, the Messiah of Silence does something pretty unexpected. Uh, she turns back into Hotaru, or at least Hotaru's oh. body, like Hotaru's like young young girl body because well, yeah, her brain <laughs> starts coming through first because at when she talks about eating the heart then she's like don't use that heart for evil and it's like wait what why did, she, why did i say that yeah but when she turns back into young hotaru she's like hey i'm gonna go kill those guys <laughs> so it's clearly still mistress nine in control yes <laughs> oh it's so weird it's so weird <laughs> um but also she says hey uh Tomoe, Take care of the Sailor Scouts, would you? And use the dolls that you created to do that. Oh, God, these fucking creepy dolls. Yeah, she calls them the Diamond Germatoid. Well, no, that that's uh, the name of the diamond that's possessing um, Tomoe. Oh, okay. This is the reveal. Yes, that, yes, Tomoe, Tomoe is indeed possessed by a diamond, and the diamond's name is, uh, I don't think they pronounce it germ, I think it's Germatoid. Germatoid. I have to re-listen, but I think they say germatoid. But germatoid sounds cooler. It does. Um, yeah, so reveal, Tomoe, not Tomoe. He's just pretending. Yeah. Well, it is It is Tomoe, but he, he has been possessed just like Hotaru has been possessed. He's just pretending to like snacks. <laughs> <laughs> he really likes snacks. Chris, this is a guy from another universe, and he is like, whoa. 
the snacks in my universe are garbage. So uh, we cut to the Sailor Scouts, and Ami's texting. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I guess we should probably just do something about that wall. <laughs> so they decide that they are going to... Well, Mars decides she's going to stand out in the middle of a road, do some do some yoga, and the others <laughs> join her. They look so weird. They look like action figures, like because they're posed so weird, and and like the lines on their costumes are really defined. Like they have that line that's kind of in their mid chest. You don't usually see it because of the bow. But yeah. It's like it's like where a line would be if an action figure had articulation there. You know. <laughs> yes. So it's very weird. So then they do. They use their power that we've seen a million times. You know, where they kneel down and start glowing and shoot lasers out of their hands at each other. Sailor fence. Well, Sailor fence. <laughs> well I mean, I, I I kind of like this because, you know, it, it's sort of a callback to what they'll do, a callback to what they'll do in the future. It's um, the reverse. It's the reverse version, yeah. Yeah, because, like, in the, you know, in uh, R, uh, the... Uh, Black Moon Clan, they talk about how they can't get near uh, the Crystal Palace because of these uh, Sailor Scouts are using basically a force field. And you right. see all of them back to back. So I, I kind of love this moment because it's sort of like, it's not really a new power. It's a power we've seen, but it's a power we've seen their future selves do. Um, but Chris, it, it, you, I will say, I have to give them... Well, I don't even know if it's giving them credit or just changing what you said, because you you just make it sound very casual. <laughs> it's apparently very planned out because we get a wide shot. They are very distant from each other. That's got to be like sixty miles, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> they they've 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 spaced themselves evenly at the four at the four corners of this dome. Yeah, uh, so they Tokyo's laid out on a grid system like Manhattan, <laughs> so they can do this. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. Uh, and they do Sailor Fence, which is going to hold it in. So from there, we cut to uh, Sailor Moon in a Frank Miller comic. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, 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 and I say that like I say that as someone who has enjoyed a Frank Miller comic <laughs> or two. But like she's in an empty black space and the light on her is so strong that all the colors are kind of bleached out. Like, very bright, low contrast. Like, the red and the blue you can see, but, like, the blonde hair and the, the white parts of her costume and her skin are essentially the same color. And But, like, the shadows are so heavy. Like, it's very cool looking. I think it's awesome. Yeah, no, it's a, it, it's a great, great little moment. Yeah. And then the lights come up, and she sees Hotaru, who's, you know, battle damaged. <laughs> and she's going to go help Hotaru. Then... If you thought the sexy globs were weird, here's a bunch of fucking creepazoids. Oh, they're so they're really freaky. Yeah, uh, Michiru and Haruka run in to I don't know a fucking cave. It's a cave. I have a hard time figuring out a sense of place in this episode because everything's like Castlevania. They're in an alternate space. Don't worry about it. Oh, that's right. They're in an alternate space. I forgot. Oh my god, the, these dull creatures are so fucking terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lindsay, do you want to describe them? Uh, no, I don't want to look <laughs> at them ever again. I don't even know how to describe them. They're just, they're these weird, blobbish, almost humanoid-shaped cyclops things, and they have the um, 
the the star that uh, Mistress Nine has on her forehead, but they have it on their chest, and they kind of this have this star eye, and they have these Joker smile faces, and oh my God, they're I like I feel like I've seen something like this in some kind of horror movie before, and I don't like it at all. They basically look like Valdo from Soul Calibur. Oh, but they, yeah. They have like a low, like the thing on their face. They have like the one big eye on their face that looks like, uh, like the Sheikah symbol from uh, Zelda from Breath of the Wild. <laughs> so uh, then Tomoe is like, "Hey, what's up? I'm gonna murder you two. And then gross red light comes out of his body, and it turns this doll body into a. I mean, it's another fucking flower for one thing. <laughs> It is. It is some kind of monster flower with that weird, disgusting head thing. Oh, my God. Well, well this here's is... the thing I like about it. That's what Tomoe looks like in Shadow. It's got that big, big mouth, like that big, big smile. Oh, yeah. So True. that's that's what Tomoe looks like, because then we see Tomoe no longer possessed. Like, And we can tell he's no longer possessed because his glasses are normal. No, no, they're not normal. They're broken. Well, they, he doesn't have the weird, like, symbol. Right, because it, it, it smashed out. Yeah, well, that's where, uh, that, that's why he had that weird symbol, because it's uh, Germatoid, it's where Germatoid is residing in him. It's, he, it was in his eye, which yeah, is why he has that. Germatoid's eye. That, uh, Germatoid's eye looks like the eye that was drawn yeah, so to his glasses. The eye on, I, I guess it's not the, the Sheikah symbol from Legend of Zelda. It's that design on their faces. It's very yeah. creepy. I like this a lot. Oh, it's it's such a great scene, and it it really it's terrifying. It's so creepy. And this is them realizing they were possessed that he was possessed by a diamond the whole time. Oh, by the way, he had told them, "I, you know, I, I really, uh, I really liked you two. I wanted you guys to become diamonds too." But oh well. And they're like, "Wait a second, become diamonds? Because I thought you made those little eggs." <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it." So then they like explode him. So this is where it gets weird. <laughs> Fucking shake and bake. <laughs> they explode him into itty bitty pieces. Which again was apparently part of his plan because the gloop of his body <laughs> that lands all over the ground, then uh, you know Terminator Two's or or Night of the Creeps or something's into. <laughs> All these ragdoll bodies. Sorcerer Apprentice? Yes, Sorcerer's Apprentice as well. <laughs> Fills up all these ragdoll bodies into buff, weird, stretchy dudes. And then they have to fight a zillion of him. Yes. And that laugh. Oh, my God. He, his laugh just reverberates forever. It's, <laughs> it's so terrifying. He has props to Tomei's voice actor because he like that makes this like that's like the cherry on top of the seat because his his creepy creepy laugh just keep going that keeps going and going but again it's super weird because uh, this was his plan all along because he takes them to the creepy doll bagman room and then attacks I'm, them head on go and he's apparently sitting there secretly going i hope they blow me up i'm sure he had like five different plans of how he would divide <laughs> himself into many different you know pieces of this body yeah i mean it's kind of a win-win right like if they blow up the first body he goes into the other ones if they don't he kills them so it's fine (laughs) you said uh his voice acting was the cherry on top uh lindsay i disagree the cherry on top is haruka doing fucking muay thai (laughs) 
<laughs> on everybody's ass. Like knee strikes and roundhouse kicks and this one I it's super elongated and it actually looks even though this episode came out uh the what was the original air date for this one? It was uh February fourth, nineteen ninety five. Like this looks like something from like something that would come out this year, like like bleach or or something. Cause it's got she's stomping on a dude's head, and then mm-hmm. the perspective of the shot is that her leg is super long, but she's like bending backwards. It's so fucking cool. It's a really beautifully done fight scene. And yeah, yeah I mean you can always count on how to cut you know, delivering badass, badass fight moves. Yeah. I haven't realized that Haruka's wearing like high heeled motorcycle boots either. Oh, her boots are the time. best. I They're love very that. good boots. Uh, but there's unfortunately a bunch of these weird Tomoe monsters, dermatoids. And they won't die. They're, they're uh, deep submerged and uh, world shaking really are useless against them. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunately they have no other weapons. Or do they? Uh, yeah, this scene is weird, man. Is it weird because Michiru gets uh, tied up in what I would say is an extremely erotic manner? (laughs) Oh, no. No, to me, it's... Like, I'm not putting that out there. I mean, you did just put that out there. I think you are. Go look at it again. Hey, you're you're the one who brought up tentacles. Sex wall, tentacles, and an extremely erotic bondage scene in this episode for Chris. None of that is not exactly what is happening on the television. Uh, what, do, what do we say to the six-year-old who listens to this podcast? <laughs> oh, God. Earmuffs. Earmuffs for the whole episode. <laughs> um, so, no, it's weird because, yeah, they're fighting this fight, and then all of a sudden their souls come out. Well, um, their well, talismans just appear. Well, Pluto, Pluto's spirit kind of guides them. Is that them Pluto? To... Yeah, yeah, it's Pluto. Oh, I didn't recognize her. Well, you only, you only get a, like a close up of her eyes. Yeah, that's why I didn't recognize her. <laughs> they pull out their talismans and just like demolish all of them. It's amazing. Well, I love this because you know Haruka is like, "Fuck yes, a sword! I'm gonna fuck <laughs> these guys up. I'm gonna cut them to pieces." And Michiru is like, "I have a mirror." <laughs> no, but it's the mirror that reveals where Germatoid uh, uh, really is. Yeah, I love this because all the Tomoe monsters frown, <laughs> which is very good. Sad face. They go back to back, like uh, like in the Damn Yankees, Can You Take Me High Enough video, and all of the Tomoe monsters fade out, except yeah. one, and that guy gets chopped. <laughs> oh, it's such a great, great moment. Why yeah. does the mirror kill them? Well, no, it doesn't kill them, it just reveals the truth. Which is... Where, the truth is that you can stab him in the fucking face because you have a sword now, which is what she does. Well, it reveals that Gravitoid really is only in one of them, uh, you know, oh. and the rest are kind of just um, illusions. But that's not true. I don't think they're illusions because we see them standing around, but he there's only one that's controlling them. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're, it's like they're finding the, like, master, his brain or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it's like, such... like, it's like a, a Baron Bedlam situation. I don't know that reference. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there was a comic book creator called Jack Kirby, Jordan, that mm-hmm. you should probably be pretty familiar with. Heard of it. A book called Mr. Miracle. Oh, I didn't read that. <laughs> Wait, no, let me let me see. Is it about uh, alien-like things from far away that try to invade Earth and one of them has uh, split his body into a bunch of places? Yes. 
There you go. That's why I said that's literally why I said this is a parenthetical situation. You, Perfect. You got the reference. After, like, I cannot stress enough that Haruka stabs that motherfucker in the face. Oh yes, it Which is again, badass. We we so rarely see physical violence on this show. When we do, it's it's good. Not to worry, Tomoe's fine. He is. He's finally free of the uh, the diamond. So we cut from there to Sailor Moon waking up Hotaru. And Hotaru, in quotes, says uh, this, that uh, if Sailor Moon busts out, if Super Sailor Moon shows up and busts out the Holy Grail, then the enemy is totally destroyed. It's definitely not what they want. Uh, I just overheard this piece of crucial information. Uh, absolutely. You can believe me. It's me, Hotaru, your friend. So Sailor Moon is like, hey, sounds good. Let's do this. Let's go get some pancakes. <laughs> oh. No, she's not. And she's like, yes, Usagi, let's do that. And and so then she goes, how did you know I'm Usagi? And But here's the thing. This is one of those classic, I didn't tell you I was riding the bike. Like one of those, the, the villain reveals too much. I just was thinking of a thing. Um, <laughs> you know, how did you know I was Usagi? And the answer is like, because you're bad at keeping your identity a secret? Because, because other, because the, because the true answer is uh, because the bad guys all know your secret identity. <laughs> so clearly you're not that good at this. Also, be like, oh yeah, it's because I'm fucking Sailor Saturn. Like, I'm one of the scouts. I have awakened. What's up, dude? Like, you've done a lot of real suspicious shit around me? Like, that's yeah, how I know? But you know, Mistress Nine just gets bored of it, and she's like, oh, fuck it. Got Here, me. look look at this terrible, you know, monster dimension that we're in. Hellscape. It's a multidimensional chaos world. <laughs> that's all so many multidimensional chaos worlds. This is great, too, because she literally, like, reality parts <laughs> like a curtain, which is so fucking cool. And it looks like she's using her hair to do so. I I, I, I had to look back, but it almost looks like she parted it with her extremely long hair. Wait, wait the scene where she turns <laughs> from Hotaru into Mistress Nine. It's crazy how much bigger Mistress Nine is. Oh, yeah. Well, Hotaru is a tiny child. I didn't think she was that tiny. I mean, I guess, again, Sailor Moon's pretty tiny, so I guess maybe that's why. Like, Mistress Nine has got to be, like, six foot something. <laughs> I mean, if we... Hotaru is what? Like, 12, 13? So she's probably about four feet tall, which would make Mistress Nine eight and a half feet tall. Is she in the guidebook? Uh, I guess I'll find out. Hang she on. has to be. Take another trip uh, through the Guardians of Order Sailor Moon Roleplaying and Resource book, our favorite book. <laughs> Let's see. Sailor, Pluto, Sailor Saturn. She is three foot nine. Oh. So Not she's shorts, a whole foot means, shorter. Which means Mistress Nine, because she is literally twice the size of Hotaru. Mistress Nine is seven foot six. <laughs> no, she's not the size of Andre the Giant. <laughs> Unfortunately... As much as I love that concept, she's not quite twice the size. She's more like, I don't know, three-fifths. Uh, Sailor Saturn, least favorite food, milk. <laughs> she's, she's, Which is why she's so frail. Yeah. She doesn't drink her milk every day. She also wants to be a doctor. Well, she also has to give that shit up. Let's see if uh, Mistress Nine is so in here. So that's three of them who wants lady. to be doctors? Who's the... Wow. Who's the 
third. Well, a- a- Amy, Mamoru, and now Hotaru. Oh, Mamoru, yeah. I, 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 he's not a scout, so I didn't think that. Ah. Oh. Uh, unfortunately, this, uh, this, it looks like uh, Mistress Knight is beyond the scope of yeah. this book. Oh, oh yeah. no. Did you know this book has Sailor Moon says in it? <gasps> no. Really? Yeah. Here's the entry for Miss Haruna, because it's under the supporting cast. Miss Haruna teaches Serena, Molly, and Melvin grade 8 classes at Crossroads Junior High. In her spare time, she enjoys working at a local fitness center and dating for love and romance. <laughs> Thank you for specifying that that's why she's dating. Love and romance. She is often a strict teacher whose moods are related to the status of her love life. Miss Haruna would like to see Serena work harder on schoolwork since Serena's apathy tests her patience daily. And then under that, apathy. there's a box. Oh. And it says, it's a Sailor Moon says, and it says, dun, 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 dun. sometimes the hardest thing in the world is believing in yourself, especially when your grades are not so stellar or you're kind of clumsy, but you never know what the real you can do. Set your mind and heart on it and anything is possible. <laughs> Sailor Moon says. I was hoping you meant like it had rules for doing a Sailor Moon says segment at the end of every adventure. <laughs> no, but I think like every role, I'm going to incorporate that in in the D and D campaign that I run. I nice, think nice, nice. So yes, she opens reality. You get to see the Tau galaxy or whatever the fuck it's called. Neptune and Uranus arrive. They arrive, and Sailor Moon is immediately like, "Don't kill this woman." <laughs> She's actually Hotaru. Hey, hey guys, can you chill? Can you chill and not kill her? Can you stop wanting to murder for like five minutes while we sort this out? <laughs> The answer's no. no. They, they want to kill it. And uh, then there's no ending for the episode. It's a cliffhanger. Right. It's just not that good of a cliffhanger. She literally goes, hey, Master Pharaoh 90, just wait a little longer. <laughs> and that's how the episode ends. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a cliffhanger in the sense that it does not end, but it, there's nobody dangling from a cliff. It's just kind of like everybody's around. Well, I mean, they already, they ended their act break with you know, thinking they killed off three characters all at once. So they can't have too much of a cliffhanger again. Hey, you know what? We never finished. We never discussed the Mistress Nine Wicked Lady fan art that we found, all of the pictures we found. That's because I, my connection was tanking and I had to close that Google window. Uh, There's a lot. If you Google Mistress Nine Wicked Lady, there's a zillion pictures. Most of them of them like snuggling (laughs) or nuzzling in some way. Uh, nuzzling was for some reason way less acceptable as part of that sentence than snuggling. Snuggling I was fine with. Why why is nuzzling gross to you? I don't I don't know and I don't like it, and I will thank you to stop saying it. <laughs> <laughs> there looks like there is one like official like art from uh probably like an image uh oh god, from like an art album. Oh maybe that oh look, I think there's like two that you know, that they actually have them together in, like, an official uh, capacity and not just fan art, of which there is a lot. Oh, there's one really cute uh, cosplay. Yeah, there's Ooh. a few cosplays as well. There's yeah. a lot of really good cosplays. There, there's there's a couple of very graphic cosplays. Well, not quite graphic, but it, it definitely is uh, not cosplay, not cosplay, but fan art of... No, there there is one where they are definitely not nuzzling. Oh my. <laughs> All right, so that is the end of the episode. And I guess it's time for us to talk about what we've learned. Lindsay, would you like to start? What have you learned from this episode of Sailor Moon? Uh, we have learned that convenient forbidden attacks will be not only used by our uh, heroes, but known by the villains. 
just as I expected. (laughs) (laughs) Of course she was going to use that forbidden attack. Uh, Yes. Time stopping. Uh, Ridiculous. Jordan, what did you learn from this episode? I learned the complete and utter lack of emergency services in Tokyo. (laughs) How woefully unprepared they are for buildings exploding. They just run away. Yeah, apparently. They're like, oh, no. In the show. I want to specify, in the show. This is a documentary. Does it really sound like (laughs) you're taking some shots? (laughs) This is the only evidence I have of Tokyo's capabilities. We have nothing but respect for the fine (laughs) emergency services and first responders of Tokyo. We are sure they are fantastic. Chris, what did you learn? Uh, I learned the difference between snuggling and nuzzling. And I'll tell you, one is acceptable, one is not. What's the difference? I want to know in graphic detail. Uh. <laughs> Hang on. Where's that are you hitting on me? Uh, piece of the Jordan soundboard. I don't know. I don't have it loaded this time. I'm trying to Google this, and I'm not having any luck. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> so that's it that's it for uh this episode i really like this one like it's i mean it's bananas but mm-hmm. i like it well what's really cool especially with um this season is that you're getting like intense episode after intense episode after intense episode like it's a ha- it hasn't let up it's just building to like this very well done climax um you know but and final battle and it's just it's it has some really, really great creepy scenes, and I, I love these episodes. Yeah, it was a good time. I mean, again, I, I criticized a bunch of stuff in it, but that's kind of uh, the fun of, of half the fun of it. And uh, it was a fun, it was a fun episode. Lots of uh, crazy imagery in this one. Yeah, and this episode's so intense that like it, this is the perfect kind of episode to just slip in stuff that it's like not explained or be like oh this is an omega zone yeah i knew she was gonna stop time hey let's use sailor fence because it's all (laughs) happening so fast you don't have time to be like wait i'm sorry that is not a power that you have because by the time you have that thought it is on to the next thing yeah there's actually no like comic beats in this episode either really there's no funny moments which is surprising yeah, I guess you're like, because right. even last week's episode, which was very intense, there was still some really funny moments. I, oh, I think the only kind of funny bit was when they were being attacked by the uh, liquid diamond uh, demons. They, uh, they had Sailor Moon making that funny face as she was falling. But yeah, other than that, there really was no comedy in this episode. Yeah, yeah, that was probably the funniest moment. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's all too intense. Unless you're unless uh, you're looking at it from Toei's point of view, then there was some real funny stuff. Oh. Yeah. Like getting stabbed in the goddamn face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so cool. But yeah, if you think this is intense, wait till next episode. <gasps> oh my. Ooh. It's very cool. And can I say the thing about your guest next episode? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I alluded to it uh last week, but your guest for the next episode is one of my dearest friends who actually introduced me to this podcast awesome yep she was the one she's like hey there's this new sailor moon podcast it's these two guys they're just you know uh going through each episode and they are hilarious you should watch listen to it they argue constantly (laughs) nothing they argue about matters in the least well she was right on because i i started listening to it and i was like 
this is the greatest and i have definitely listened to your uh show more than once well that's awesome that's really great to hear it's true it's my friend chris and she's she's amazing she's an amazing cosplayer and uh these next two episodes uh actually it was it was a bit hilarious because when you sent out the call for people to fill these spots both she and I had were behind a couple of, uh, of episodes and I caught up and I heard your, you know, it's like, Oh, if you want to be in the, uh, these, the latter half of S write to us. And I was like, Oh my God, Chris, a week ago, he called out for, for, uh, um, for uh, guests and we're behind and she was like, Oh no. And we like simultaneously were writing our emails to you. <laughs> and we're like, and we're like, oh God, I hope we didn't miss it. And she she was very she she's want she's wanted these episodes, uh, the the next two, uh, particularly the next episode. She has wanted to talk about this episode because it it is her favorite, and she she really she like she's the perfect guest for the the next two because I don't know who would love these episodes more. Well, that is a that's a great teaser for our next episode. So let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Before we get out of here, Lindsay, where can everybody find you online? Should you wish to be found? You can find me on Twitter. Um, I am at of all my hopes. And yeah, I don't do too much, but, you know, occasionally I'll retweet things and follow people. Excellent. You can find me on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. You can find our producer, Jake Mason at jj underscore mason there you will hear about lots of other podcasts like kingdom smarts the morphin grid pokemon world tour pokemon world tour united i'm pretty sure i missed one kingdom smarts i said that nope, one already said that's that the one. new one cool kids table morphin cool kids grid. table you didn't say cool, cool kids, kids table, table. That's the one. <laughs> hey chris where can they find you uh, people can find me on Twitter at the ISB. That's T H E I S B, and my website is the ISB dot com. That's my homepage that has links to all the stuff that I do uh, online and to comics that you can buy on Amazon, on Comicsology, or at your local comic book store. Uh, Sword Quest and Ash vs Army of Darkness are coming out now. We just finished writing those, so we're on to working on some other very cool stuff. But you know, not not so much that I couldn't use some more work, Jordan. Oh, sorry. What? <laughs> be on the lookout speaking of uh of books that i've done with jordan uh chad and i also wrote the upcoming dark hawk number 51 for yeah. uh for marvel legacy which is cool because we've literally been bugging jordan about wanting to do dark hawk for three years <laughs> it's true but yeah that does it for this episode uh you can find the show on twitter at sailor business and you can email the show at sailor business podcast at gmail.com uh, i get the email so don't spoil anything uh, but jordan uh reads the tweets and i also read the tweets hey uh speaking of what Lindsay was saying earlier we've still got i want to say like four or five slots open for super s so if anybody out there has been waiting to to get in touch and wants to be on the episode uh, new friends, old friends. We've got a lot of cool people lined up, but uh, there's still a couple left if you want to get in on that. So please shoot me an email and uh, and we'll see what we can do about getting all of Super S scheduled within the next couple of weeks before we run into it. That's it. That's it. Thank you guys so much for having me. I had such a great time. Of course. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it was a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds devious.
No, no. Uh, we'll be back next time with uh, episode 125 of Sailor Moon S, which is The Shining Shooting Star, Saturn, and the Messiah. And until then, keep your mind on sailor business. Sailor.